This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the inspirational, informational, and transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Paul Greco to answer our questions, but first, a few announcements and the first announcement comes from Paul, which uh, I want to welcome you back to the podcast. It's been a little while, and yeah. uh, it's uh, the big, big one, and we won't mention names or anything like that of the airlines, but uh, somebody got a really interesting letter in the mail, which I'd, I'd love you to share with the audience. Yeah, I uh, actually I got two phone calls uh, from two different like sort of dream airlines um, the other day, and uh, it was followed up by one airline uh, with the official conditional offer of employment. So that's really, really exciting. So uh, sort of dream stuff and, um, you know, really, really fortunate and and blessed and all that stuff. But uh, just really excited to to move my career forward and uh, see all the hard work pay off over the last, whatever it's been, five, ten years of, uh, you know, slugging it out, trying to trying to move my career on well that's awesome congratulations and it's really Thanks. cool once you get your that letter isn't it is it's uh, oh, you said the word conditional offer by the way for those listening everybody gets what's called a conditional offer that means you got the job it can be rescinded for many reasons if you don't pass the background check etc don't go through training but you are offered the job so that is really really cool and i think you're going to be flying something maybe overseas or possibly uh domestically but i think the smallest thing you'll be flying is a an airbus or a 737 right yeah um airbus 73 and uh uh possibly something bigger just depends on the company's needs at the time of the uh of the class so um either way you know cool planes cool destinations and uh great flying Awesome. You know, we shouldn't. I should have asked you this before to figure this out, and you shouldn't do math in public. Uh, we know how that went in one of the last yeah, episodes. But the, uh, but I think you've been at the airlines for about three years, and now you're moving on to a major. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. So, so from start to finish, from uh, starting your career in aviation to getting to a major, has been about how many years? Um, it's been about five or six years cool. uh, total. I think. Um, Jeez, now I have you put me on the spot. Here. I, I won't make you do math in public, believe yeah, me. But yeah, but in I'm general, you'd agree with the statement. We've always been saying <laughs> since the beginning, it takes about five years to ten years to get to your goal, and uh, you fit. I think that. that's. I think that's really. Uh, I think that's a really accurate assessment, and that's from the beginning of you know the the process. Um, I think five to ten years is uh, is fairly. Uh, I mean, it's a wide range, but I think it, you know, there's so many factors that affect how long it takes you to get where you're trying to go. And, um, frankly, I mean, from, I don't, I couldn't imagine doing it any faster than I, I did it. Um, because everything, um, everything worked out right for me when I got to the airline to be able to propel myself forward in terms of upgrading quickly, uh, getting a thousand hours quickly, um, you know, and, and everything else sort of just kind of fell into place and there was a little bit of luck involved and actually there was a lot of luck involved and a lot, a lot of hard work, but, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine doing it any faster than, um, uh, maybe five years, um, you know, and it could certainly take a lot longer. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I tell you, I'm really excited for you, and I'm excited for all those Thanks people so that are moving along. And uh, I, you've been a, a good 
you know, person to go to on this podcast and, and you're an example of how it works. You made it work. You know, I remember just talking about it years ago. It's, it's happened. Well, yeah, it's happened, but you know, it happens with the help of some really good people, you know, you being one of them, um, excuse me, you know, and, uh, you know, having the support from your family, uh, to help you get through things like, you know, um, certainly with the the career change and, and the the craziness of the schedule and, and as hard as I was working, you know, having support from your family is, is really, really helpful, but professionally, personally, um, you know, having friends like you and other people who, who've been there, done that to help me, um, you know, sort of go in the right direction, um, is I think incredibly, incredibly important. And, um, maybe even, I don't know, I don't want to say underestimated because it's not underestimated, underestimated by me, but I think that, um, uh, you know, like certainly with the coaching that you're seeing the, the uptick and, uh, you know, all the people that we're doing coaching for, I think people are realizing maybe more than ever that getting expert advice from people that have been there, done that is critical to sort of helping you propel your career forward because frankly, um, we've all made mistakes and you know, why, why make the same mistakes that, that somebody else has made when, when we can get some advice on how to, how to move forward and, uh, you know, make it happen quicker. You know, that, that's a, a great point to make is that, you know, getting a coach or getting somebody that can help you out is really important. I know in one of my first businesses, especially my first larger business where I had employees and trucks and stuff like that, uh, someone told me, uh, you know, go out and get yourself a board of advisors. Get people that will help you, right. that care about you, and uh, somebody who's going to give you an unbiased opinion. Yeah. And I tell you what, it worked. I mean, there's things that you don't want to hear, but yeah. you're going to hear it from that person who's advising your mentor is yeah. going to advise you. So we all need mentors, and obviously we do that as a service with the coaching. But uh, but if you have somebody in your life you can go towards, that, that's terrific. And it may be more than one person also. Like you said, uh, right. there's certain people in your family uh, that can help coach. It could be your spouse, your friend, your uncle, your aunt. Somebody who's been there, done that, I think is really important because they, they give you encouragement say, hey, you can do this. You know, I know 5,000 other people who did it, you right. know, yeah. and, and I know you can do that. And that, that's, but I think that's it's really, important, you know, because you got to get, you've got to get, you know, it's good to get that, that advice uh, or it's good to get that, that sort of, um, you know, from your wife kind of, uh, uh, or, you know, friends that are sort of propelling you by giving you an energy and, and advice and saying, you know, we really need you to, you know, you could do this, everybody, you know, there's been so many people ahead of you, that type of thing. But, but like you said, I think this is really, really important. Um, you really need unbiased advice, you know, in certain areas of your career, especially when it comes to, um, you know, say, uh, interview preparation, which uh, is something that we offer. Because frankly, if you stink <laughs> when you first do your, like I did, when you first do your, uh, yeah, nice. I didn't say that <laughs> I <knew you> were <laughs> thinking, um, you know, but if you stink and you know, you, you get somebody that says, Oh, you know, that's, that wasn't so bad. Well, they're not, you know, they're, they're doing you a disservice. And so you really need somebody to give you an unbiased opinion because they, in the end, it's just going to help you, you know? Agreed. And uh, one of the things that I think is really important is, 
you know, when you're in your career, no matter what you do in, in aviation, make sure whatever it is you do, do it well, whether it's flying, picking a right. flight school, an instructor, make sure they teach you the, whatever it is, maneuver properly and that you do it well. Don't just have the instructor be a, a yes person and say, oh yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, well, well you know what? That didn't work out. So let's do it again. And until you get it right, <laughs> we're going to keep doing this. Just like in your interview prep, we're just going to keep doing it until you get it right. I think we went over a question on one answer. I know you and I did at least 15 right. times. And until you got it right. And that's what we have to do. And and we have to find people like that in our lives because, you know, our, our and I know your your mom, your dad, and everything are going to be the ones that are so supportive of you. And then God bless them. Uh, but they may not come out because they don't want to hurt your feelings with with the right answer and the answer that should be told to you by your teacher, your instructor, your mentor, and your coach. And that's really, really important. So I think that's a good point, Paul. I like that one. Um, but again, no matter what it is, make sure you do it well in life. Uh, and that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, congratulations again. Um, we will hopefully hear more about your journey and through your training with the uh, major airline. Hopefully, who knows, you might be doing some international training. We'll hear about that and some really cool yeah. stories. I'd love to hear it. Uh, let's see. Other announcements we have. By the way, the Sport Aviation Expo, we will be there. I'll be the person in the orange shirt. The other people from the podcast will be the same people in the orange shirts. And come say hi to us. Don't be afraid. Come up to me. I won't always be on the microphone. I'll even hide it. If you want to come and tell your story, here on the podcast and, and tell us a little bit about something you did inspirational, something you achieved in aviation. I'd love to hear it. Maybe talk to you for five minutes and uh, put it on the podcast. That'd be really, really cool. Also, another announcement has to go along with the coaching is, um, remember we had switched our software online. Uh, we used to have the membership where it was the scholarships and also the courses. And that was, it, it, it got really cumbersome because we're almost up to 250 scholarships now in the scholarships guide. And we decided that it was just we have to separate the two. So what we did is we made a new platform. Uh, There's an aviation careers podcast uh, through Valeria Aviation uh, courseware, and we just finished today putting together the bundles. If you remember in the membership section, for some of you who've been listening to for a, while, for a while, we had all these courses that we would bundle together, and I haven't really put them any new courses out because I've been too much concentrating on trying to figure out a platform. Uh, like like Paul just said, I actually I was coaching somebody who was in the IT field, and he told me my website doesn't look so great. Uh, I think he said it stinks. Uh, but <laughs> but the, he uh, he's the one that inspired me to move on to something a lot easier to use. And this is so simple. Uh, you know, I, I got totally away from the programming. Somebody else does it all, does everything, and does it well, maintains it. And it's been a blessing. So what did we do? These courses that I'm talking about, these are our courses you can purchase by themselves, like the Pilot Jobs book is one of them, and that helps you land a job and get noticed and, and get your resume noticed. It's a really good course by Tom Wachowski. Uh, check it out. The first part of all these courses, by the way, is free, the first lesson, so you can check all of them out for free in a free trial. The Pilot Jobs book, the Advanced Holding Patterns book, which is really cool, a technical book, the Practical Guide to Winter Flying. There's another one, Flying IFR Safely This Summer, and Thunderstorms Hazards and Avoidance. Now, all those were in the past courseware, and we are going to continue to add some to this. There's going to be 
some things like your resume, doing just simply your resume, not just the pile of jobs, but, but a simple resume, and a couple other courses. And we offer all these courses, courses where you can purchase them online and have access for life. But they also, they're, they're a little more expensive that way. So for only $10 a month, we let you sign on and view all these Aviation Careers podcast courses, uh, like the Jaws book, et cetera. So you may just want to go through halfway through the course and then you say, hey, I'm done. Or you might want to peruse some of the other courses. It, it's an affordable way to actually have all these courses at your fingertips. And you can just do one month and cancel the membership. Or you can do keep doing all the courses till you're done with them, and then you're done. So if you can do them really quickly, it's going to save you a bunch of money. Also, it allows you to see the other courses that are coming down the line. Also, by the way, when you do sign up for something like coaching, we put the coaching on the courseware. You can actually interact with people on that part of the website, all these have the ability to ask questions, et cetera, uh, when you actually purchase it. So within that course where you can actually have an interaction. So that's pretty cool. Uh, check those out on the website. I'll have a link to it. Uh, so anyway, that's it for the announcements. Uh, you can also find out about anything that we're doing in the future, facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast. We're continuing to put more and more events in there. We talked about doing more meetups, et cetera. Uh, right now, this is the easiest platform for us to place it out there and to put it out in advance. Hopefully you've been hearing me talk about Sebring and I will see some of you folks at Sebring at the Sport Aviation Expo. It's really neat about light sport aircraft, but in general, uh, about aircraft, they're much more affordable. And uh, there's there's also some really, really cool uh, speakers that'll be there. And I think uh, you'll really enjoy some of these some of these folks that are very inspirational. Story Musgrave and some other really cool people will be there. Uh, one of the, the uh, astronauts will be there, so... Anyway, so that's it for the announcements. Let's move on to our questions right now that we have on the podcast as far as your listener mail. Again, we're doing them somewhat out of order. We try to get a few in, and I'm going to try to keep this down to a half hour. But uh, one of the things that I think is important is that we mix these up. So you may have submitted it a few months ago, and you're now hearing it today. So that's why you're hearing that. So some of these come from a while ago. So here comes one. It's a message from Facebook, actually. And it says, uh, hello, I hope this works. But if I don't, I'll try again in other ways. I've been listening to the podcast for a week or so and made it to episode 48 so far. By the way, saying he hopes it works, it was uh, Facebook. If you send us a Facebook message, we'll get back to you. Uh, we're trying to get better at that. So please do send us a message. And if you don't hear a response from us, feedback at aviationcarespodcast.com. Say, hey, you're not answering my question. And we'll get on that right away. Uh, anyway, he continues. Uh, maybe we've already discussed this in an episode. I haven't made it to yet. I'm considering changing to an airline pilot as career, but I have one major uh, hanging point. I'm a seventh-day Adventist, so working sundown Friday to sundown Saturday is a no-go. My question is, what are the chances of making it into the regionals and the majors with a 24-hour period being a time that I cannot work? Thank you. I've enjoyed every episode I've listened to so far. Well, that it's actually is going to be difficult, uh, and that's that's one of the things uh, that is really it's, it's going to make it a little bit tougher for you because of the fact that in the airlines and as well, as well as other careers, there are certain people within careers that you're just going to work 365 days a year, uh, every uh, 24 hours a day, and this unfortunately is one of those. They uh, there is no breaks in the transportation business. Uh, just like there's no breaks in being a physician and, and and in some cases even in the restaurant business. Uh, that'll be a little bit more difficult. Uh, not that they won't try to work with you because you can try to do that. Uh, as far as laws are concerned, I don't think there's really much on the books right now, but it's something you can go over 
uh, you know, with with the airline, but it might be easier uh, possibly to go into something, you know, like a corporate or do flight. Obviously, flight instructing can do, but airlines uh, th- that may be a little bit tougher to swing. But like I said, you can always always mention that. Uh, I haven't seen them do that except for uh, certain people that have. Uh, certain things in their lives that they have to take time for. And it's usually like on FMLA, on leaves of absence. And remember, I did leaves of absence in my last airline for the union. And uh, this really wasn't one of them. Will it be in the future? Who knows? It's a good idea to bring it up, though, because uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of different uh, religions that, that have different times where they can't work. So this uh, this may be one of those things that, that we may see in the future. So it be, be quite interesting to see. Uh, I don't know, Paul, if you want to add to that, but if you're, uh, I think that, importantly they must know that yeah this is this is a 365 day a year job yeah i think that pretty well excuse me sums it up i uh you know just like in my previous job when i worked as a nurse i mean there's like you said there's just some jobs where uh unfortunately it's uh you know you've got to be there um and i think i think it's wise advice to maybe um talk to the airlines that you have um you know it's sort of in your your uh, crosshairs in terms of uh, just trying to see if they're, they'd be willing to work with you. Um, but uh, my gut feeling says that uh, it's it's pretty unlikely just simply for the fact that, I mean, uh, logistically, I don't know how it would work out. Uh, everything in the airline industry is based off of seniority and um, getting off every day for, you know, every single uh, Friday night into Saturday night. Um, it just... Uh, it just doesn't seem like it could happen. I mean, I know plenty of senior people that would like that and can't get it. So, um, yeah, uh, the airline might it might not be the job for you. But as you said, there's so many other jobs in aviation where you could work it out um, that uh, that may be a better route. Um, and like you said, flight instructing definitely comes to mind because when you're a good, good flight instructor, you make your own schedule, uh, you know, and people will – you know, people you people will adjust to your scheduling needs um, just so that that they can fly with you. So that's certainly one opportunity. Yeah, it's it's an interesting industry because there's there's so many discussions that can be made in, in this case, and as far as employee relations and and carriage of people. I mean, you know, the airline has to carry people of all different religions and all different types, and. Um, you know, we ran into this uh, even with public transportation in, in a certain city where uh, we they wouldn't carry certain people of a certain religion, and they had to tell them, hey, listen, they can carry everybody. And uh, so it, it's really an interesting point, and it might be something to bring up in the future. It would be really, really interesting to have that conversation, that's for sure. But that is something that currently uh, would be, you know, maybe a no-go no go item, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it would be, it would be doable if you had a lot of seniority and get those days off. So that's what we'll say about that one. But thanks for that question. Really, really uh, good question though. Uh, coming into the next one, it says, uh, we have one that came in and said this one in September it says, uh, thank you for your hard work and sharing your wealth of wisdom with others who have a passion for flying. A friend recommended your podcast shortly over a week ago and I now listen to almost every episode. This is great stuff. Well, thanks. Uh, he says at age four. 46, I have the opportunity to retire from public school administration in nine months with a residual retirement income that is equal to my current salary. Well, that's great. I currently hold an instrument rating and single-engine land commercial rating with 500 hours total time. I own a Beechcraft Bonanza and have 150 hours of high-performance complex time. Working on my CFI and I certification 
now and plan to have my multi-engine commercial with instrument privileges along with a CFI and I, completed before I retire in 2018. Also, I have my PhD in administration and leadership. All my children are grown and out of the house, and we're looking to move in nine months. No particular location, however, really like the southeast part of the country, you know, like East Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, etc. Nowhere the cold makes your face hurt. Well, unfortunately, I uh, hate to say this during this don't podcast. Don't go to Jersey. Yeah, don't go to Jersey. <laughs> don't, and you may not even want to go to North Florida right now because there was snow <laughs> yeah, there yesterday. Oh my gosh, uh, I was in I was in Montego Bay in Jamaica uh, yesterday, and it was cold. Well, relatively cold. It was in the seventies down there. Which I mean, down there they have to shut down everything. I mean, it's so freezing. Uh, well, to them it's freezing, uh, but there's people with jackets on, et cetera. And, and you laugh, but I mean, certain places aren't aren't equipped to deal with the cold. That's for sure. Uh, I would vote on Florida by out of the way on that one. That's why I live here, but I'm biased. Um, but yeah. So anyway, he continued. Jersey's nice in the summer. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah exactly. Anyway, uh, he continues as I approach halftime, I'm looking to make a career change in nine months. I think I would love to fly corporate or charter, but I'm open to giving the regionals and majors a shot or maybe just working as a CFI and picking up some extra flights when given the opportunity. My daughter works in the people department for a major airline in their corporate office. She hires pilots. I may look to the majors, but didn't know if my age and flight time would be an issue. In other words, I spend several days a year at the regionals by the time i am captain's bay i could have worked as a corporate charter pilot with flight instruction on the side and receiving the same or more compensation it's an interesting point uh in my career i've put in the time and paid my dues i'm just not certain i want to spend three to five years stuck at the regionals before getting a shot at the majors over the next nine months i will continue to work on my ratings and build more time approximately 100 hours however i'd like your advice on what i can do to prepare myself for a new career in aviation in which direction you would recommend, corporate, charter, CFI, or get the hours for the regionals and majors? Thank you for taking the time to invest in my future. Well, that was a great question. I think there's a lot here. Uh, as far as the regionals, the one good thing about the regionals, you do build up a ton of time if you want to move forward towards something else. Uh, if you don't want to put the three to five years getting, quote, unquote, stuck at the regionals, um, and we can talk a little bit about that term, uh, then, yeah, you uh, you might want to just jump right into, say, a corporate type of job. CFI is a great job, too. It's a good career, especially working possibly uh, for a, a university. I know a lot of people like that challenge because not only are you doing flight instructing, you can get involved in so many more things. And with your background, that might be really cool to get involved in some kind of a university or college program. Uh, and that's something I would suggest, highly suggest looking into. But going back to the the money portion of it, a lot of times uh, that's strictly what we're looking at. Honestly, in three to five years being quote-unquote stuck at the regionals, you could make some pretty good money uh, working at the regionals. Uh, honestly, when I back when we didn't have what's called FAR 117 or the work rules, or not the work rules, but the, the, the flight duty rules that we have now and the rest rules, we used to make a lot more money. I mean, basically, if you were good to start, schedule to start, schedule to finish, you're done. You can, I used to make bank. I actually was able to make more money flying the regionals back then than I can now because it limits the amount of hours you can work now. 
Uh, so it's, it's a lot, it's limiting there, but also it helps us rest, which is cool. Uh, so I really, uh, as far as, you know, maybe looking at the regionals for a career may or may not be it. The cool thing about the regionals is the fact that it works just like a major. You get seniority, you get great days off. Uh, corporate jobs can be really cool, but, uh, they also can, uh, you know, they may have you working a lot more than say at the regionals. So it all depends on where you are. I mean, let's look at it this way. Say you move to a city and there happens to be a regional carrier in that city and you're working there. That's not really stuck. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, you, you're just driving to work and that makes your, your life so much easier, especially in reserve reserve rules at the regionals are nowhere near what they are at the majors. And Paul, you can kind of attest to that, huh? Oh, I sure can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, the the reserve rules stink at yeah. the regionals for the most part. Um, not all of them, you know. The, the, some of them, are, they're different from airline to airline, uh, but generally speaking, they're they're not the best. Um, and so, living in base uh, certainly will make that uh, will take the sting out of that a little bit. Um, but you know, I think Carl brings up a good point here with um, uh, this listener's background uh, being in education. So. An, a university aviation program might be something that, uh, you know, it, it, he would benefit from or and frankly, they would benefit from him with all of his years in um, education. Um, but I think that the biggest thing that needs to happen next, right, you know, right now is you have to decide what you're looking to do. Right. So if you are, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're if you're wanting to just change careers to be a pilot and just fly airplanes well, <clears throat> what do you what are you exactly looking to fly? Do you want to fly something big and do some international flying? And if that's the case, and you then you need to go to a major airline. Um, <clears throat> and if you need to go to a major airline, the quickest way to do that would be to go to a regional airline. And uh, as Carl said, you build time very very quickly at a regional airline, flying anywhere from you know sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred hours a month, depending on how hard you work. Um, <clears throat> not every regional airline is the same, um, in terms of pay and quality of life and work rules and things like that. So, you know, there's a little bit of research that needs to be done there. And frankly, in a, if, uh, I believe you said he was going to be ready in a couple of years. I mean, you know, nobody, know, nobody knows what the industry will look like in a couple of years. Um, it changes so, so frequently. In fact, um, I mean, even today, uh, you know, the, the airlines, I mean, it's, it seems like every, every month or two, another airline's putting out some other proposal where they're, you know, they're offering, um, you know, new hire pilots more money. I mean, look at, uh, Endeavor's contract as an example. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just 60,000 or something like that for first, uh, officers, first year pay and a hundred thousand for captains. Um, you know, commute air is offering, uh, uh, captain pay second year. Um, you know, I mean, so it's just, you know, you look at what these airlines are offering now, and you know, from a from a financial standpoint, it's not it, it's not a bad career anymore. Um, and so, you know, to uh, what was the what was the phrase you used? Uh, uh, being stuck at the regionals. I, I mean, it's not a bad job. It's not it's not. You know, you could say that maybe when you were making eighteen thousand bucks a year or 15th or whatever you were making when you were at, uh, yeah. when you were if working that. at your regional, right. If that, right. <laughs> yeah. You'd be happy if you were making 20,000 a year. Sure. Um, I would think I was doing 25 my first year. Um, <clears throat> you know, now you're doing 50, 60,000 first year. Um, so, you know, I think, and then 
to be to sort of piggyback off of that, um, <clears throat> I've had friends that have been at the regional airline for like a year and a half, maybe max. And then they got picked up by low cost, ultra low cost carriers. Um, those are the spirits, the frontiers and allegiance of the world. Um, you know, with, I would say between 2000 and 2,500 hours total time, no PIC time, um, and a year and a half at the airline and they're flying an Airbus, uh, for an ultra low cost carrier. I know several people that that's happened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you know, you're, you're sort of quote, re, you know, spending time at the regional is now flying an Airbus for spirit, which is not a regional. I mean, you know, these are, you're flying a big plane to good destinations and you've got, they've got great work roles and they're making better money than at the regional. So, you know, I, I think it just depends on what you want to do and how you want to spend, you know, the rest of your, your working career. And, it, you know, and, you have to answer that question first before you can move on to, um, you know, trying to decide what direction you want to go in. One of the things he also mentioned, you talk about the international flying, like the yeah. ultra low cost carriers do. Even some of the corporate, uh, well, actually a lot of the corporate does international oh, yeah. flying, and you're the sure. one that's in charge of everything. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I have a lot of friends that move from the corporate to the to the majors, and they did a lot of flying internationally. That's another reason they were hired because they knew how to do it all flew to everywhere you know haiti cuba etc it's uh so that 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 experience really helped out a lot and honestly i kind of wish i had more of that just in all the different places like yesterday flying through all these different you know international countries and stuff like that and and trying to figure out how to do the communications etc would have made it a little bit easier i mean heck you can learn anything you know that's that's for sure uh but yeah yeah it's it's really uh, one of those things that you really need to do, though, and I think he's on the right track with this, is getting the CFI. I think that's an important yeah. thing, especially if you're in education, maybe even think about education. But uh, if you want to go do some traveling, especially if this is a retirement job, and eh, you know, majors and even some of the larger regionals, you can go all sorts of neat places, that's for sure. Um, well, I always recommend people getting CFIs. I just had this conversation with somebody at work um, who uh, wanted to advice for somebody that they knew and, you know, everybody always asks the same questions, right? It's like, you know, how, how can I get my hours to get to the airlines? What's the quickest way to do it? You know, should I, uh, should I just go around a plane and fly if I have the money? Or should I, should I do charter? Should I do corporate? Should I fly skydivers? Should I be a CFI? You know, and then, and then some people say, well, I really don't want to be a CFI. But to that I say, you know, when you move over to the left seat of an airplane, and believe me, it comes faster, especially today in this environment, um, than it ever has before, you become a CFI again, you know, and this time you're CFI in an airliner, you know, so if you don't have that experience, you're, you're getting sort of teaching experience on the job and it becomes more difficult. And I think that, um, having that CFI experience that I had, per, and I'm speaking for myself personally right now, um, you know, I think having been a CFI as I was building time, helped me when I upgraded to captain. You know, I really think that that was incredibly important to my developing as a captain and being a good mentor for my first officers. Um, and so I think, I think it's really, really good that, uh, this listener wants to get us, uh, CFI and double I, I think it's really important. Um, you know, no matter what direction you go, whether it's the airline or corporate, at some point you're going to be in the left seat and you're going to have a guy in the right seat that has less experience than you and is going to need sort of coaching and, and mentoring and teaching and stuff. And having that CFI experience is very, very uh, useful. 
very helpful. That's a great point. It really is. And it also helps a lot in the interview because <laughs> you, you'll yeah. be teaching it and you'll be ready for that interview. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's some good advice. Uh, but great question. Um, there's a lot of options ahead of you. Take your time. And obviously, you can sign up for coaching if you want to do a little bit of talking on offline on this. Obviously, there's just so much we can speak about here. But it really is it, – it's time to – to go out there and check out different things. Try it. I mean, you can try the corporate. You can do some part. You even said it in the email. Do some part-time uh, instructing. Do some part-time corporate, full-time instructing, whatever. Try these things all. out. Yeah, because you're, you yeah. know, you're not really looking at it for the money. You know, that's that's for sure, right. which is awesome. Or if the time fact, if you know, if it's not important for you to get, you know, for me, I wanted to get to the to a major airline as quickly as possible. So, you know, I had to get my flight time to get to the airline as quickly as possible. Then when I was at the airline, I had to get that time as quickly as possible. If you don't have, if you don't feel that rush or that pressure to move on to something else, then you know, be a CFI for a little bit. Go get a job for a 135 carrier, fly in the right seat for a little bit. You know, move over to the left seat if you want to for a little bit. Then, if you don't want to do that anymore, go get a job at a regional. You know, you can do it all. You don't have to pick one particular thing, especially being that you have a good source of retirement income. And um, the money isn't as much of an issue like Carl said. So I think I think that you know what Carl just said is great, great advice. You could do it all and experience a little of everything, and which is, by the way, is great experience just generally overall in aviation. It sure is. Anyway, well, that's a great question. Let's do one more real quick before we sign off here. I know uh, you have to get up early. I don't have to get up early uh, because my flights were canceled tomorrow. Yay, which, by the way, doesn't mean I'm not going to work. The way it works with the airlines a lot of times is they can reassign you to another flight. So I haven't been reassigned yet. Hopefully I'm reassigned to deadheading to my overnight uh, so people ask me what happens if your flights are canceled, either they'll deadhead you to your next overnight or they'll reassign you to another flight they need to cover that type of thing or to a reposition flight. A lot of times, especially if there's a big storm going on right now, they'll ask you to move an airplane from point A to point B and get it ready to start the operation up the next day. Uh, anyway, let's do one more question here. Uh, I know we're running out of time here, but I want to get this one. Uh, so it says, uh, first a comment, then a question. Okay. Uh, it says I'm a 42 year old young pilot that hasn't flown in nearly 12 years. I like how he says that 42 year old young pilot, 42 year young pilot. I like that one. Uh, and that that's important. I think it's most important to realize age is just a number. It's what's in your head. That's most important. Uh, says he hasn't flown in 12 years, partially due to lack of finances, but substantially due to a belief in lies about age and aviation. Of course, life happens. However, thanks to in large part, your podcast, also M0A and Jason Shepard, I've had a wake-up call to realize that I can pursue my passion and move forward. A side note, you had on a podcast with an individual speaking about corporate careers and another individual speaking about aircraft sales, which I listened to back-to-back, and by the end, I was in tears of hope. Thank you for what you do is making a difference. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. I'm glad it was tears of hope instead of despair but that uh, those are two really good podcasts by the way um and as a matter of fact one of the persons that you're talking about the in the aircraft sales he had a change of careers and he decided he had a different calling and he's now actually a full-time preacher but he still has lots of good advice as far as aircraft sales so really really cool stuff anyway moving on to your question uh although i live on a farm he continues and there are not many opportunities locally i would not allow that to discourage my pursuit of flying as a career out here, even advanced training is difficult to locate. However, I've already have my private pilot license, which I acquired in May of 2001. 
So as I look to pursue training, even if all I can afford is reading or flight sims, I have a question that affects which direction I choose. So here it is. My highest education level is an MBA. Do I need to have an aviation-based degree to get hired at the airlines? If that's the route I would pursue, or will my general business degrees suffice? So the answer is this. You don't need a degree to get hired by the airlines, and it doesn't matter what degree you have. Uh, having an MBA will be much higher than the majority of people that you will see getting hired with the airlines, especially at the regionals, many of which have associate's degree. Some have no degrees at all. I mean, I uh, just flew with somebody the other day, has no degrees, but has 24,000 hours of flight time. Most important thing is, can you fly the plane and can you fly well? And that's why I said, whatever you do, do it well. Uh, having the degree that you have, you're done. That's all you need. You can move on now to getting your licenses, getting your ratings, and move on. And I love the fact that you pointed out that age doesn't matter. I was just with someone today doing some career coaching who had felt the same and thought that age was a big problem and didn't want to pursue this career. I remember you know, when people said, if you weren't at a major by the time you were 30, you're not going to be able to get a job in aviation. No longer true. It hasn't been true for a very long time. So, uh, So I'm glad you're you're actually pursuing this and moving forward. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you're getting inspiration from this and from the other people out there that are really pushing you to move forward in your career. So uh, degree in aviation, no, but uh, a degree in something that does help. And having an MBA, you'll be well ahead of all the other people. As a matter of fact, you might wind up being in management because of the MBA. So uh, that's the part where you would need the MBA is if you're getting hired into a management type of position. Uh, so that that's important to put there. Uh, gosh, that's the last question. Paul, did you have anything you wanted to add to that question? No, not really. I think that covers it. I just would say that, um, and <laughs> good thing Eric's not on the program today because he, <laughs> he would disagree with what I'm about to say, so I know that, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I think that not only is um, having an aviation-based degree not necessary, I think that it's also sometimes beneficial uh, to not have an aviation degree for several reasons. One, um, this is a very volatile industry and, um, you know, things change. Right now it's it's a pilot's market and we're doing real well. And the next time we have, God forbid, a terrorist attack or some type of major economic downturn, it's not going to be a pilot's market anymore. And, you know, if you get furloughed and you lose your job um, or, if, or if you lose your medical, it's nice to have something to fall back on. For me, I have nursing, um, which is a, a great fallback career. Um, and uh, I would, I would never, you know, uh, not be able to pay the mortgage. Um, so that's, that's a great thing to, to, uh, be able to, a great backup plan, right? It's good to be diversified. Um, so I think that's really, really important. And also I will say that having now interviewed successfully at two, uh, major airlines, they were both really, really interested in my other career because they talked to pilots all the time, but they didn't talk to nurses all the time so that it helped me, um, at one major who, um, uh, was very, very interested in sort of, you know, the caring component of, uh, other, you know, of the customers and, and other and colleagues and things like that. I mean, I was really able to tie in my nursing background to that and they really liked it. Um, you know, and at the other airline, they made a comment about it also that, you know, they never had, they had never interviewed a, a nurse who was a pilot before. So, you know, it, it just, if nothing else, it provided, um, a topic of discussion and it gave me, um, an opportunity to discuss other, you know, uh, other situations and other life experiences that I had and how I could 
use those experiences um, in in my in my aviation career. Um, <clears throat> and so, I think that it's good to be diversified and have a degree outside of aviation. But that's just that's just me. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to upset Eric. No, we we won't upset. <laughs> well, I'll I'll do the counterpoint to that with the aviation yeah. degree. Uh, the one nice thing about having the aviation degree is you've seen all the things that you're probably going to have seen at and the airline true. when you get there. And, right. uh, you know, doing all the overseas flying, you'll know how to do, you know, the, all the nat tracks and stuff like that, all the waters right. routes, et cetera, and Pacific and all, you know, how to talk to all these different people on the radio and maybe even done it because you did an internship. So so we'll we'll put that down right. as but but that's that's a little different. And uh do you need a four-year degree to get to that point? No. Uh, but if you're starting out as a young person, yeah, you might think about it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like how people do two different degrees. They'll get maybe an associate's in aviation and then a, a bachelor's in, say, math or computers or something like that. So I think I think that's pretty cool, don't you? Yeah, I think that's great. You know, And I think also, um, the, the, I, you know, to sort of tie into what you were saying, knowing – just to take Eric, I, I, I use Eric as the example because, um, you know, I've, I've been to his school and I've seen his program. Um, a, an aviation degree, um, uh, is just so, is so nice going, going into the airline. They, they, they give you, there's just so much information that you learn there, um, that, that you don't get out in, uh, outside degrees. Um, you know, and so I, to play devil's advocate, you know, against myself, I would just say that, you know, that both, I think both degrees are really, really, really important or a degree is really important. Um, you probably couldn't go wrong with either. It's just that my preference sort of leans towards the non-aviation degree for the reasons I said, because as you said earlier, you can learn anything. So I feel like the aviation stuff you'll learn, but having that backup plan is really important. But the one point that I wanted to mention, I recently watched, um, the head of hiring, for a legacy airline, do a talk uh, about um, hiring at their airline for the through the course of 2017, um, at, because the, this was a very recent talk. So they had essentially all but finished hiring, and uh, they they had a summation of, of the of the numbers in terms of total flight time and things like that. One of the most interesting uh, statistics, um, and it's applicable to this conversation was the fact that um, uh, 90, uh, 98 point, I believe the number is 98.6, and if it's not, it's not far off, 98.6% of the people hired in 2017 at this legacy airline had bachelor's, bachelor's degrees or higher. So if you're going to be in the 1.5%, you better have some seriously insane qualifications. You know, like Carl said, that guy that he flew with had 25,000 hours. Um Hopefully some of them were in the space shuttle <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to be in the one and a half percent, you know. I mean, so put yourself in the put yourself in the in, in the other the other category and, and get a degree. And I think it's, you know, at least for now, anyway, it's the degree is still really important. Yeah, it is. A degree is really important. Sure, sure. But uh, anyway, great points, and uh, I'm sure Eric will be back on to to back up some of those things we said and and make some interesting comments. So I'd love to to hear his viewpoint and all that. Uh, But anyway, well, we went a little bit long, but uh, Paul, thanks again, and congratulations on your new job, and we'll want to hear more about what's happening there. Uh, If you're listening to this for the first time, uh, do me a favor and uh, look at all the things we have on the website. Do the, use the search bar at the top 
and put in your question because sometimes you'll find a podcast where we've answered your question. If you do have a question, send it to us, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, all the courseware I talked about, go check out the link. But do something really, really important right now. And, and that's something that I say at the end of every podcast, but I tell everybody in general, try to do something today, right now, that's going to move you forward in your career. It may, and you may not be able to do it today because it's about time to go to bed. Or maybe you can't do it because something else is going on. But write it down. Put it in your notes. You have an, a phone or something. You can put the notes in there. Look up a website. Look up a book. Do something today. Do something right now to move forward in your career. And you know what? You'll get there sooner than you think. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.